Well, welcome everybody to the Purple Nights podcast, and it's been a while since I've done one of these, but getting back into the swing of things, and um, today we're going international. We actually have an international guest with us today. Uh, she's a PhD student, and she's the author of a book that came out last year uh, on his royal badness, the life and legacy of Princess Fashion. Uh, I'd like to welcome Cassie Ritchie to the Purple Nights podcast. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, welcoming me on board the podcast, Chris. Much appreciated. Well, you're very, very welcome, and I'm very excited to have you here because I actually saw you uh, present at one of D'Angelo Duff's virtual symposiums. I forget which one it was, but it was very, very informative, and I. I love your accent too, I must say. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, I've done a couple of D'Angelo's um, conferences now, which has been, they're, they're incredible. Um, I always go, come back from them and feel like um, school's in session when you go to these things. Right, right. I've had D'Angelo as a guest on the podcast previously, and the work she does is very, very tireless and very, very dedicated. Yeah, so, uh, shout out to her, definitely. 100%. Your, your area of expertise is actually in fashion. Could you talk a little bit about how that came to be and how, how your interest sort of developed in that area? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, I've studied fashion, like, academically since I was 17, um, and I first started getting really interested in fashion when I was a teenager um, and I was really into ska music at the time so I was you know like looking to see what like bands like the specials and dancehall crashers and real big fish and no doubt um, um, were wearing so I got really interested in kind of like alternative fashion as you know like a lot of people do when they're teenagers um, and when I was a teenager, around about 13 or 14, I've been a Prince fan all throughout, but around about when I was 14, I think I saw The Big Sleep, um, which is an incredible film noir. Um, and that kind of introduced me into the world of kind of um, vintage fashion. So 1940s and 50s fashion. And up until that point, um, I didn't really appreciate that people could dress and look the way that they did in these films um, and looking like somebody like Lauren Bacall um, I was completely blown away uh, by how she dressed so from then on um, I was very lucky that my mum was interested in secondhand clothing shops like thrift stores in the US um, so I spent a lot of time in charity shops trying to find you know like secondhand anything from the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, which was easier to do back then than it is now. Um, and I also used to try and find some uh, 80s stuff as well um, when I was in, um, you know, like to make some little kind of Prince-inspired looks. Um, so, yeah, I always knew that um, when I was at high school, I knew that I wanted to go and study fashion. So I went and did... Uh, uh, BA honours so a Bachelor of Arts for four years um, and that was in fashion design so I learned how to um, cut, sew, produce, design 
um, basically from like inception to to consumption um, in terms of what, um, how how you wear and and sort of how you design clothing. So I did that for four years. Then I went and did a master's in Leicester. I did a master's in underwear design. Um, I was really interested in 40s and 50s underwear in particular. Um, so I made, um, you know, like it was it, the, my collection was inspired by John Waters, uh, the director, and um, a film noir called Double Indemnity with a little sprinkling of Vanity Six in there. <laughs> and then uh, just because I really enjoy, enjoy student debt, um, I went and did another master's, um, a master, like an MLIT, Master of Letters in Dress and Textile History, because all throughout my studies, I've always been really inspired by bygone eras. Um, and the main thing that I really enjoy, and when it comes to fashion design in the fashion industry, is that research element and looking at how people did it, you know, like at certain points, um, in the past and um, because I think through looking back you can you can get a lot of innovation in the future if you put a spin on it um so yeah I've always been I've kind of just always been obsessed with it and it's it's I kind of don't really know what else I would have done <laughs> if I had if I didn't do it but it has been difficult you know like um I'm now doing my PhD um which is focusing on Prince fashion and fans which is you know, like I'm still pinching myself every day that I have funding to be able to do this. But this has been something that I've been doing for the past six years now. And I was doing it, you know, like after my day job, at the weekends, nights, annual leave time, you know, like it's it's been like a real passion project. Um, and I'm just really grateful that I've now got these three years to to fully focus on this project so that I can give it my all. So yeah, that that's where I am just now. Well, yeah, you came out with the the book uh, on his royal bandits last year. Yeah, and it was it was it was crowdfunded, right? Basically, yeah, because I remember I I put in a pledge specifically for your book, so uh, that's very I have, nice. I have a copy, and I don't know. I was going to ask you, um, was it a limited? limited edition run i mean are there, are there still copies available out there for people to get yeah there's still copies available so you can buy it from amazon but um if you if you're from the, the us amazon is probably the easiest place to get it but if you're from europe or the uk um the you can buy directly from the publisher which is 404 inc um, and you can also buy it in places like Barnes and Noble, um, Waterstones, WH Smith, um, you know, like Foils, all your kind of favourite, um, and lots of lovely independent booksellers as well. Um, if anybody can't find a copy, send me a message and I'll I'll find you a copy in the world somewhere. Okay, I'll be sure and leave a leave a link in the description box of the YouTube video and also on the description on blogtalkradio.com and Apple Podcasts. The link will be there as well to order the book. And it's it's a very, very, very good book. Uh, reading it, I really got the impression that you really know your stuff. You really know your, your fashion history and the ins and outs of 
of all the styles and stuff. And not only that, but your your passion for fashion comes through definitely reading the book. And I think, you know, I'm biased when I say this because, of course, I'm a hardcore Prince fan, but you picked one of the icons of fashion in Prince to talk about. So I just wanted to ask you, uh, what was it that sort of uh, began your fascination with Prince and in particular Prince's fashion? Um, very good question. Um, I've, I'm very lucky that my parents have good taste in music. So when I was growing up, um, Prince was always on in the car and the you know like CD player in the kitchen blasting out loud. So I was always familiar with his sound, his music. Um, and then I started to kind of see, you know, like look at the the linear notes. I remember looking at Love Sexy linear notes in the tape cassette that my mum had and being like, oh. But I remember being really intrigued by the um, the font as well, the kind of iconography that was used in the, yep, um, yep. you know, like I know and things like that. And the colours as well, that kind of pink and um, baby blue and then this, you know, like this otherworldly creature on the front. Um, and as a young girl, I was completely like, hmm, um, a bit intrigued by that. I also remember seeing Prince at the VMAs, the MTV VMAs performance with uh, of Get Off in the yellow suit. Um, and I remember standing close to the television and putting my hands on the TV. I don't know if you remember, you used to get like the fuzz from televisions. Yes. You yes. like the static. Yes. And I was super up close to being like completely mesmerized by this, you know, like, like canon of glamour flexing and grinding and yellow lace. I'd just never seen anything like it. And then as I got really into fashion as well, you know, like I only saw Purple Rain when I was about 14. So I hadn't, I'd, I'd been a Prince fan, but my parents hadn't told me about, um, about his kind of film career. Um, it was a friend had told me about Purple Rain. And I remember when I saw Purple Rain and I kind of, at that point as well, I was buying lots of like secondhand, like, you know, like Blondie and Adam and Adam and Ant records and stuff from charity shops. So new romanticism was kind of like really beguiling to me. Um, so, yeah, I just, in that particular era as well, when I was growing up, 80s costume jewellery, 80s underwear, like brine nylon camisoles and all these lucid colours, you could buy them very easily in the charity shops. So it was kind of like a serendipitous um, way of, you know, like um, the journey of my Prince fandom, but then also me really becoming interested in, in fashion and style. And um, throughout my studies, throughout like my academic studies, Prince has always been like a point of inspiration and research um, and I was always kind of frustrated um, in terms of there wasn't a great deal about the designers and the creatives um, behind these looks. And that's kind of true for so many performers. Um, you, you find it a lot that creatives are largely underrepresented in, in the creation of the iconic look. You know, like they might get name checked yeah. once in a while, but 
um, there's it, it was kind of similar in the way that film like costume design was like you know like a couple of decades ago where people you know like didn't didn't want to interview the costume designers whereas now like it's it's much more advanced um but yeah like when I, maybe about seven years ago or so I can't you know like the when I was doing my MLIT I was interested in looking at prints and I kind of got talked out of that idea by the university I was with um they were it was too contemporary for them like I used to learn about you know like 17th century woven tartan and things like that but I was yeah I was like more interested in like prints purple lamé jackets but um from 82 but um right but um when they kind of talked me out of it I I, I kind of was like I'm gonna do this anyway so I just started doing it in my free time and then a wee while passed and then unfortunately Prince um passed on and after that it kind of really spurred me along just it kind of um it's kind of cheesy as it sounds it was a nice way to connect with Prince like whilst grieving him as well and feeling like you know like I've always had this interest and I knew about you know like the Stacia Langs and I knew about uh, Debbie McGuan and you know like his relationships with Versace and things but I didn't I, I didn't know anything really about the origins of Prince's look I didn't know a lot about the people that um, helped create that look from North Minneapolis. So when I was, uh, for the past couple of years, like it's like I say, it's just been like a really lovely way to connect with Prince and kind of tell the stories of, well, hopefully begin to tell the stories of the people that that helped make Prince who he was. Um, because like fashion is so intrinsic to Prince. Um, you know, like it was almost, you know, like secondary to music, you could argue. Um, and it's something that was a constant throughout his life. And that's how I feel about fashion myself, that like Prince, <laughs> fashion and Prince have always been a constant in my life. So um, that's how I got to studying uh, Prince and fashion. It's always been there, but I just turned the volume up. Maybe about Prince, yeah. yeah, one of the things I wanted to mention specifically with you was the fact that Prince was such a chameleon. Um, it almost seemed like for every year, for every album, he had a different look and a different aesthetic. So I know you mentioned previously, you mentioned uh, Purple Rain with the neo-romanticism and then also the love sexy look, which is kind of like a like a polka dotted Mozart type yeah. motif. Um, but what what is your favorite uh, aesthetic of Prince's? I always find it really hard to answer that question because like Prince albums and Prince songs, I feel like I have a different, uh, I feel like I have like a favorite look for, you know, like different, different times in the day almost because it is, yeah, he was yeah. so prolific with his style that you really could, you know, like cherry pick to that level. But I always have a real soft spot for um, the period of 1979 when Prince is quite messy and he's figuring out his style and you can tell that there's this real kind of 
DIY, like um, carefree spirit in terms of the way that he was dressing. And, you know, like arguably some of his looks weren't super successful, but I really love the rawness of it. Um, I find the leg warmers that he wore over his jeans that then morphed into the the um the you know like the flasher mac and the fi highs and dirty mind I find that a really really interesting progression um and I just think it, it's that like uh, to me it's relatable like I've never <laughs> I, I don't wear <laughs> the outfits that he did in in uh, 1979 I'm not kicking about in you know like disco pants and things <laughs> but that kind of um you know like kind of just running off the back, not got a lot of money, but trying to trying to create a statement and trying to figure out who you are sort, sort of, um, stylistically. Um, I can always, I always find a bit of myself in that. And um, yeah, I just like it when Prince is a bit messy, but also similarly as well, on the other hand, I love it when he's, you know, like, you know, everybody always mentions, but you know, like the period 1991 to 1992 is just like this, complete immaculate conception of tailoring that had been honed throughout the 80s. Um, the Violet the Organ Grinder purple suit with the yellow, banana yellow um, pussy bow blouse underneath is, is one of my favourites. It's my favourite Prince music video. Um, but there's a real kind of finesse and it just, it just to me, it's like Prince, like, you know, like dialed up, like, Prince 101, like version number one. Um, but I find I, f- I can find joy in so many of Prince's looks. And the more research that I've done and the more I speak to other fans and the more that I speak to people that have worked on these looks, I can appreciate, you know, like certain moments in his style that I maybe didn't connect with as much when I was younger. Um, like, you know, like things like Emancipation, like the Burr Parker, like... Yeah, I never really. It wasn't really something that at the time I was still very young at the time, and I remember the album, but I remember not being that enamored by the style because at that point I thought it was, you know, like it was. I was listening to it a couple of years after its release, but at that point I thought it was kind of, you know, like old hat, and um, he was almost dressing similar to how others were dressing right. but now now as an older uh, now as a 34 year old woman looking back I can see what he was doing with that and I can see the the I can see the kind of cogs behind the way that that uh, look look worked and and I, I can find the like you say I can find the joy in that that I maybe didn't necessarily find when I was younger so yeah yeah that's very interesting and you were you were in Minnesota recently yourself, right? Did you have a chance to visit Paisley Park and see any of the clothing or the shoes? Yes, I did. Yeah, so I was exceptionally lucky that I was able to go to Celebration this year again. So I went in 2018 and came back um, for Celebration this year. So I was able to see the beautiful, um, the beautiful ones, the shoe exhibition, which was incredible. Um, and then after that, I went back a week after and did a VIP experience just because I, 
wanted to take some notes and have some <laughs> some quieter time. <laughs> um, and because a lot of the, the cloven wasn't on display during celebration because um, the soundstage was being used for, for uh, the live performances and such. So going back to Paisley, it was incredible to see the innovation um, and the, the like the, the real engagement I think that they're beginning to have particularly with the 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 fashion archive because the shoe collection is really really intelligently done and it's it's really fun um I know that sounds like a bit banal but you know like sometimes if you go to I feel like if Prince's foot Prince, Prince, for example, Prince, there's a pair of Prince's heels that are on display at the v &A in London. And in compact, now obviously it's a very small, it's like one pair of heels and it's in a, a bigger display. But compare that with what you see at Paisley, it's just miles apart. And it's that level of um, kind of playfulness that you maybe wouldn't get at an institution like the v &A, um, because Paisley Park is a working studio and it's Prince's home, it's Prince's sanctuary. So they've done things in a way that, um, you know, like kind of traditional, they've obviously followed the, the, the proper conservation practices and all that good stuff. But the way that they're displaying it through um, sound in particular is really, really exciting. And as a, um, as a viewer, um, I had so much fun. I don't want to give too much away with it in case people haven't seen it and they're they're going to see it. But um, there, it's really clever, and I was really, really, really happy and touched to see um, the the way that they were displaying the the shoes in particular. They also, as well, they have new bespoke mannequins which are incredible and really make a difference to the display of a lot of Prince's garments. And I was able to see that a bit more. Um, when I went back for the VIP experience um, and you, you know like they've they've spent an incredible amount of time and money to get that um, but because like bespoke mannequins are a massive 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 investment and they've 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 worked with um, you know like a local dyer to get Prince's skin tone um, a match for Prince's skin tone so that they can cover the the bespoke mannequins as well so that it it, um, it kind of enhances the display of the garments as well. So there's this real level of attention and care, but also like innovation, which is really exciting. And I'm really, really happy to see it. I can't wait right. to go back. Actually. Right. The beautiful, the beautiful ones exhibit is extraordinary. There's literally an entire wall of shoes. And I, anything I could say wouldn't even come close to describing the level of like you were saying, the level of fun and the level of innovation and just how they display it with the incorporation of sound, like you were saying, it's just expertly done. And I would urge people, you know, I'm not being paid for this or anything, but I would urge people to go to Paisley Park to see the Beautiful Ones exhibit because it's just extraordinary. And I'm not a fashion expert by any means, but like you were saying, it's almost his fashion is almost uh, as iconic as music in a lot of respects because he changed himself so often and he changed his aesthetic and, and uh, you know, came up with these alter egos, 
even in some cases. And and it's just the fashion is just iconic. And with Prince as petite as he was, to see all these fashions up close and to see this couture and how how detailed it is and how you know, fine the materials are and everything. It's just it's just an exquisite experience. And for me, it's my favorite aspect of visiting Paisley Park is seeing the, the clothes because the clothes are just so, so immaculate and so expertly done. I just love them absolutely. So this, this uh, PhD project of yours has my interest definitely. And I was wondering if you'd like to speak a little bit about that and what you're doing in terms of fan engagement and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so I started my PhD in October of last year um, and the title for it just now, so it's a working title, so who knows what will happen in the next couple of years, but at the moment it's called Fashioning the Love Symbol, the Design, Fan Cultures and Legacy of Prince Rogers Nelson. And part of it is an extension of what I have been doing, but I really want to focus on, on underrepresented voices. And I'm looking at that through Prince Creatives. So that covers costume designers, pattern cutters, stylists, you know, like um, embellishers, um, you know, like the people that hand dyed the fabric for, you know, like the shoemakers, the people that went out and bought, you know, like the the, the grommets for his for his garments, everything that kind of um, encapsulates how these garments were designed and produced, as well as the fans, um, because I think it would be really interesting to see how. Prince's legacy can be told um, through the lens of these underrepresented voices. So people like us, the fans, and also the, the creatives that, that work with him. Because like you say, these clothes are so indicative of who he was. Um, I think fashion was, was some people fashion, some people fashion comes very, very naturally. And it's, it's a very, um, it's hard to kind of describe it, but it's something that, you know, like it, it, it's like the air that they breathe type thing. And it's just a real natural expression of who they are. And I think Prince really understood his relationship with clothing and he really expressed that and communicated that with his fans. Um, because when you look at, I mean, there, there's been a lot of academic work about subcultures, you know, like punks and goths and things, and you can you can visually, you know, like visually you can you can you can you can see a Susie Susie Sue fan, you know, like standing next to a Taylor Swift fan by the way that they're dressed or or, or whatever. But when I was in Minneapolis this year, I was just struck by like. And I knew this anyway, but I think when you're away from home and it's it's such a global event like celebration is, I was just struck by like the expansive like lexicon of visuals that Prince had in his career and in his life that fans have now translated to personal style. And it goes from like the extreme 
and and I say extreme like with love like I mean people that you know like follow uh that are are essentially you could arguably say they're doing cosplay and you know like they have either made so they've they've created a pattern they've sewed the garment or they've commissioned somebody to make this garment to the people that you know like they get a purple manicure for when they come to Minneapolis or something but there's so many things like you know like there's the combination of like banana yellow and purple and gold and polka dots paisley you know like um certain fonts um like leather lace there's like a lot of people wear velvet but prince didn't really wear that much velvet and it's interesting how that fans kind of you know like kind of gravitate to that um but also as well like that kind of breadth of um of like design detail as well you know like if somebody's studied you know like their jacket with some pyramid studs you know that they're maybe given a nod to you know like dirty mind or or purple rain with the trench coat or you know like similarly if they've got the fur dye glasses on or you know like they're they're wearing some kind of esoteric tunic it's it's a nod to you know like later in his his career there's such like a huge language of fashion that fans tap into um that is just so fascinating and it's it's really fun to be a fan I think like when I travelled to Minneapolis this year, I went from Glasgow to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Minneapolis. And it was really fun because, like, you just, along the way, you're kind of, like, spotting the Prince fan and you might see, you know, like, the like, you might see the flash of a purple passport holder and you might be like, hmm, they might, they might be into them. And then, you know, like, l- later on, you see that they're wearing a parade T-shirt or whatever, or, you, you know, like, there's... Prince fans go all out. Um, yeah. And, and like I say, it's from from a hundred to to you know, like a million. Like it's we don't do yeah. things like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much I can really say that you haven't already said. I mean, it's 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 fascinating stuff, you know, the way they've the way fans have taken the, the iconography and sort of you know, adapted it to themselves and sort of carried on the aesthetics that the Prince did all throughout his career. And it's fascinating stuff. And and again, if if you haven't heard of Cassie's book on his royal badness, I'll have the link below in the description. And it's a great, great book. And it actually has a unique twist, which I very much appreciated, which I'm talking about the paper dolls included in each chapter and uh, I just thought it was so so creative and so interactive and so unique to have that aspect of the book what gave you that idea to to put those in there well it was actually my friend Sam um, my very dear friend Sam who we both went to university together um, in the Scottish borders and now she stays in Hong Kong but she was like a massive support for me when I was offered to do this book. And, you know, like I had like major fear writing it because I didn't have a lot of time to write it. And, you know, like there's all the kind of imposter syndrome and all that good stuff. But um, when we were at university, 
we had to do a lot of fashion illustrations and I used to always draw these little kind of you know like illustrations and she was really pushing me to make to do these little um you call them like flat lays of the garments so that's where the idea for the the paper dolls came from because I love doing the flat lays of garments so you know like you would draw one garment you, you would do the silhouette of say a dress and you would draw a hundred of them and you would change, you, you know, like you would princess line, you would add buttons, you would add ruffles, you would change yep. the blah, blah, blah. Yep. So that idea came from that. And I was like, well, let's just, let's just make some paper dolls that it, it you know, like it fits in as well with, with, with prints. Um, and I thought it would be a nice kind of fun, interactive way of, of expressing my kind of background as well. And I'm never going to get the opportunity again to draw to draw Prince as a paper doll in his pants. So why right. not? Right. Well, um, gee, I wondered if there's anything else we could cover, or if we've covered it all pretty much. Um, I'd like I'd like to certainly thank you again for joining me today. It's been it's been really it's been a really pleasant experience and. Like I say, reading your book, the passion comes through. Uh, the knowledge definitely comes through. I was very, very much impressed with your breadth of, of knowledge of of fashion and all the elements that go into it. Um, so yeah, your book is really impressive, and I look forward to to uh, seeing and hearing any any future academic presentations if you're so inclined to do those uh, in, yes. the, in the near future and I also look forward to being interviewed as part of your your PhD project I look forward to that as well because uh, for me personally uh, I'm disabled in a wheelchair and I I recently got a new electric wheelchair actually that I'm not using I'm using my manual one Okay. usually day to day but i have an electric one that i recently got and once the weather gets better here i'll be taking that outside and taking it more for you know extended drives around the the park and whatever but um i definitely want to incorporate one or several i'm not sure yet but symbol decals Yes. Love symbol decals on my wheelchair. So and it could even it could even go beyond that. Who knows? If I get in touch with the right creatives, I might, you know, blink my chair out even further. But uh yeah, I definitely count myself in those people that really value the iconography that Prince uh created and, and really champion and I have a lot of a lot of uh, Prince clothes t-shirts and all kinds of other things that I have and and uh, yeah just the iconography is is uh, you know it's impressive and it's it's timeless and it's enduring so like you like the subtitle of your book says the life and legacy of his fashion his the legacy of fashion is going to last for many many years to come and it's very important to be 
recognized and talked about. And so I'm glad there are people like you drawing attention to these, as you say, these creatives that have, haven't been featured or haven't had the platform or the voice to really discuss their work in detail and have it appreciated and have it analyzed in the way that it should be. And so I appreciate that very much as a fan of Prince and as a fan of, of creative people. Um, I'm certainly not a fashion designer, but I, I consider myself a creative person. And so I, I, I like the idea that, that underrepresented people can be, be represented and have their, their voices heard and their, their arts appreciated. So I definitely, I definitely resonate with that. And thank you so much again for coming on today and talking with us a little bit about the history of, of Prince's fashion and a little bit about the history of your fandom and your, your passion for fashion, as it were. Uh, it's very much appreciated. Um, thank you for coming on. Any other final words you'd like to say? Um, how about where can people find you on social media? Yeah, no, I just wanted to say I can't wait to see your your new chair when you when you get it all customized. That'll be incredible to see. Um, yeah. Keep me updated on that. Um, I think you should go all out. I think yeah. you should. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, why not? Um, but yeah, people can find me. I am on uh, Twitter. Um, I'll I'll share my. It's just Cassie. I think it's Cassie Ritchie. Um, I have a strange spelling slightly, so I'll share all my credentials with you. And I'm on Instagram as well, and I've also got a website uh, which I never update. <laughs> it's uh, Um But I'll be sharing. Um, I do have an ongoing questionnaire um, that you were mentioning, Chris, that you're going to come and speak to me about your fandom and relationship with um, with um, Princess Fashion. Um, so I'm hoping to speak to people from all over the world. Um, that's that's my hope. Um, it's a three year long project um, and I'm speaking about all different kind of aspects of um, personal expression through dress and fandom. Um, so I would love to, to, to speak to people um, if they are up for a chat. Um, and thank you so much as well for um, welcoming on, me onto your, your podcast and for your support for the book as well, because it means a great deal. Um, when other Prince fans, um, you know, like they, 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 they get it and they, they find some joy in it because, you know, like that, that's what it's all about. Um, this, as much as, you know, like I am like a, a fashion scholar, um, this is this is a hundred percent me as well like I've I've been a Prince fan since I was a wee girl and ultimately this is like my love letter and as I said earlier you know like it, it's kind of turned out to be a really beautiful way to celebrate Prince and to celebrate what he he's meant like in my life throughout the years and also as well like um you know like when he passed I started going to more in-person events because before I was a bit of a kind of singular Prince fan, you know, like my family liked Prince, but I, I didn't, you know, like I was a lurker on a lot of the orgs and I was always scared to go to the events and stuff in London and things like that and some in Edinburgh. And 
and now I've kind of met incredible fans and academics from all over the world that I can call friends um, and it's it's that to me is like is like what Prince is uh, along with the the huge breadth of creative artistry that you just you just continue to to find something new to get excited about day by day as a Prince fan but those connections with people and and me coming out my shell a little bit and 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 celebrating him with other people has been like a real um it's been like a a real lovely um development in my life that I'm very very grateful for um so thank you very much for letting me come on and and blether definitely it's and it's yeah that's what it's all about i i think prince you know whether he did it purposefully or not he created this community of of close-knit people that you know that further his message and further his his creative endeavors and further his his ideal of you know helping out humanity and you know and just cultivating our own talents as well and our own sense of individuality yes. and our own sense of independence and freedom as well yes. and uh yeah he created that so we're always and forever very grateful to prince for that mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's just great to connect with people all over the world that that's uh as you say, we get it, you know, we get it. So that's what it's all about. But thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Um, thank you. And I'll include all the links to your social media as well on the video description and the description on Blog Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts so people can follow you. And thank you so much for coming on. And until next time, this is Chris Johnson. For myself and Cassie, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening or watching if you're watching on YouTube. And we'll see you next time, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.